oh snap, is a very personal explanation of the physical, emotional, psychological, and social impact of instant disability. Yes, I said disability, albeit temporary. What happened to me forced me into a position of need, helplessness, anxiety, and in some cases, an infantile desire to simply feed myself. What's that? Feeding myself? Oh yes, I'll get into that soon. If you met me out on the street, your first impression would be, that's a heavy dude, or that guy looks like he just left the gym. My favorite descriptive phrase came from this OG at my old barbershop. He said, boy, you look like you could fight all day long. In retrospect, that might have been more truth than he or I knew. As far as appearances go, I think it's fair to say that being shaped like a gorilla is a simple way to describe my body type. For years, I've been working at lifting huge amounts of weight from off the floor and setting it down someplace else. In that time, the work changed my physique from average sprinter build to running back or free safety build, and finally to 220 pounds of work all day muscle. But keep that image in your pocket. For a few years, I've been inching towards a few goals, all of which would be the culmination of hundreds of thousands of repetitions. In between each of those sessions, I condition hard. It's best for me to wear things down. Exercises that encourage fast twitch fibers, work this squatted shape of mine in ways that no even paced Olympic movement could. It's destructive though. Imagine how much stress the joints have to endure. Imagine placing 1,600 pounds on your back and being asked to perform a squat. That's impossible, right? But that's the amount of force that your body generates to the ground to propel you 42 inches. Or for me, just grabbing a basketball rim. All this cross training takes its toll on the body but if done in planned phases, it'll help build the strength needed for competition endurance, like the Arnold. Not like this fitness endeavor consumed my life. It was a goal, a means to end buildup of stress and other horrible things that make me unhappy. Workout goals cause all kinds of scientific joy bubbles in the brain. They make your shirts look good, your skin gorgeous, your spouse stare at you when you're outside doing yard stuff. It's fantastic. Even if I don't podium at the competition, the work to get there would have kept me on that yellow brick road to Swole City. February 8th. The day after I had an awesome time at the fairgrounds and about three weeks after competing a gnarly volume training program for bench press, it was time for me to start back into overhead presses. Quick info about overhead presses. It's a movement that's vital for strengthening the entire body with emphasis on the upper back, shoulder, and upper chest development. The core and legs also benefit as they're the anchor points. Static strength, yo. Performing this movement after beating my arms into submission for so long gave my rotators a break. 
since I only performed maybe 30 reps of them, it gave me the room that I needed for my beloved wind sprints. And what better way to close out a weekend than to run like a savage up and down the city streets with your dog. There's no better workout, no better conditioning, stress reduction, confidence building movement that every human can perform. That's running all out for 10 seconds at a time. That's why you've got feet shaped like boomerangs. It's why your calves are positioned where they are and why your quads are the opposing force to balance that thrust. Then you've got hip flexors supporting that balance, working in tandem with your obliques as you glance downward at your 100 pound dog, knocking your feet from beneath you. Your core braces your spine perfectly as you tumble to the earth like a glorious asteroid fragment tearing through the atmosphere. Your traps and latissimus dorsi push and pull as your arms extend to protect your stupid face from that steel-lipped gutter that you're approaching. Or rather, I'm approaching. Yeah, I was falling, or fell, hard. But it's not like I hadn't fallen before. I mean, what person that loves running hasn't wiped out? This was a little different though, because when I hit, and please pardon the graphic details, but they're important, rocks and sand from the asphalt split my palms open, which later had to be dug out in the ER. What made this fall weird wasn't the break, but it was how the arm broke. As I stood to my feet, I knew there was a long surgery and it was coming, it had to be. There was no feeling from the elbow to the fingertips, no movement from my fingers, no pain, but complete paralysis in the limb. I grabbed the arm, felt around and noticed an absolute separation on the radial side of the arm, not the ulnar side, which is where those defensive protective marks should have appeared would have appeared, but this was different. I called my dog over, walked him the other 30 feet or so back inside the front door, and I asked my wife to drive me to the ER. Beyond all the normal issues you'd find in the ER with cleanup and taking vitals and whatnot, I couldn't get my mind off the lack of pain or how badly this placed, this arm bone thing was. The ER staff, after looking at the x-rays, determined that they couldn't do f all to help, and all that I needed was an orthopedic surgeon and good luck. Naturally, having nothing else to do with the ER, I sought the best person that could possibly help, and during my internet search for everything, a name kept popping up as best doctor ever, and athletes trust him, so usually you don't find that in a combination, especially when it comes to doctors. And little old ladies typically don't vibe with doctors that deal with meatheads all the time. So I thought he might be the best person to at least consult with. Enter Dr. G. Jason Hunt. Brakes on a bus, brakes on a car, brakes to make you a superstar. Brakes to win and brakes to lose. But these here brakes rock your shoes. And these are the brakes. Break it up, break it up, break it up. Last question first. Actually, let me just go to the number two question then. Um, tell me about your experience with athletes and how they ruin themselves. Are you equipping? Yeah. Okay. Um, are you talking about athletes like you? Yeah, hard-headed. <laughs> hard-headed. So <laughs> when we first started, like one of the reasons I got into orthopedics was I was an athlete and I didn't listen. Uh, so I was in 
an orthopedic surgeon's office my freshman year of college and I'd hurt my knee and I just won the uh, liking of the coach and so I'm like okay we're getting ready to get playing time mm. I'm not gonna miss any time the orthopedic surgeon told me you need surgery on your knee and I said two things how long does it take to recover and when can we get it done when will I get to play again and uh, he was like, well, it's six, eight weeks to recover. You'll probably miss most of the season. I said, okay, I need to go talk to my parents and coaches. I'll let you know. I'll call you back. Never went back. Never said anything. Went straight to practice. Told my coach <laughs> I got cleared by the orthopedic surgeon to play. Oh, boy. And then I was the whole season hurting. And uh, put my knee in a certain position so it wouldn't lock up or catch. And then, thank God, at the end of the season, uh, it quit hurting. And I never I haven't had it looked at since then. So... I already know the mindset of the athletes is when you're obsessed with something, uh, which most athletes, in order to be committed to what they're doing, then you don't make rational decisions. So sometimes yeah. I have to intervene uh, for people yeah. and try to make rational decisions for long-term benefits. So for me, all I could see was that season and the work that I put to get to where I was at, and then that would all go away instantly if you had surgery. So I ignored it. So how I take care of those athletes now is like, I know what you're thinking. Let me help you. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's okay. Um, typical falls, I believe. Early when we, yeah, when most, I had to explain. Uh, yeah, most of the time uh, you would expect that if you fall on your outstretched arm, you'd break the bottom part of your radius bone, um, called the distal radius. Or uh, sometimes if it's a direct impact, you break the other bone, the ulna bone, if you land that way. So for some reason you put your hand down in a certain way and uh, the, the fracture went through the middle part of your radius bone, which is the big forearm bone. And when that happens, there's also energy that goes down through the bone through your wrist joint and it can tear the soft tissue between the wrist joints. So really when you see your x-ray and your injury, you're like, sorry, dude, you need surgery. Yeah, I knew that when I landed. <laughs> yep. I think I said, did you feel a pop? And you said, what do you think? <laughs> exactly. That was the fourth question. What made it strange? Um, yeah, because in, in the original, same thing everybody does, you hit the internet, where can I find right, this? Right. What kind of right. break? Well, whatever. you probably missed it because you never mentioned it. It's called a Galeazzi fracture. Mm. When it tears, it breaks the radius and tears the distal part of your joint. Uh, and then there's a bunch of variants of those depending on what you have to do uh, during the surgery. So you have to make sure that the wrist part of it's okay as well. And that's what we evaluate during the surgery is uh, do we have to pin the wrist or is that stable? And when it's stable, we keep you in that position where you're at. It's called supination. Mm -hmm. That's how we immobilize you after surgery in order to let those tissues heal down at your wrist. So um, is it a weird break? Yeah, is it unheard of? No, but you don't want to have it when you're an adult. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, that's the next podcast talking about what you have to do when you ruin your dominant hand <laughs> and happen to become a lefty. Yeah. How's and I'm a lefty. All right. I am a lefty. I'm still working on how to write, <laughs> but um, I'm drawing again. The good is thing is, is athletes, um, same thing I was talking about before, like you figure it out. Like if you're an athlete and you're injured and you still want to play and you just want to ignore your surgeon and, and do it, you just figure out a way to get around it. So I had to put my leg in a certain position, just like you said. If I got to become left-handed, I'm gonna become left-handed. So that's one of the 
benefits of taking care of athletes as a as patients like they're going to figure it out they're going to do whatever is necessary to get better uh, versus someone who's not motivated to put the work mm. in to recover so it's a little bit easier it's it's harder to take care of athletes because they're hard-headed but it's easier to get better outcomes because they're motivated so it's it's a double-edged street it's why i enjoy taking care of athletes it's really and for me leaving athletics it, you have a, you're missing a competition so now we just compete against injuries so i compete against your injury to get a good outcome i compete against somebody's torn acl to try to get a good outcome so that's where the competition comes now so we don't compete against other people i compete against broken bones and torn ligaments now right so based on where i'm at now the outcome of course is going to be positive because i'm out of the gas and all that stuff am i on schedule for what you've typically seen or yeah head or what? yeah you're on schedule i mean like i said the first time we uh looked at the x-ray i'm like uh what did you do and because uh, there was a little bit of shifting of the bone on the the part closer to your elbow where you could see i showed you the little hole where you could see the little waggle of the screw mm-hmm. and uh sometimes that's just the forces uh through the forearm that does that Sometimes people are knuckleheads and they do something, so I don't think you were a knucklehead. I think it's just the force of the bone where it's at. Uh, but there's a only slight movement of that bone and it hasn't moved since then. And now the body's starting to fill in that area. That's the most amazing thing is um, as what we do from a fracture standpoint is simply straighten the bone. And then we get to see God's work and the human body on how it's, it's amazing how it knows where to put bone. It knows where to take away bone. And it's designed to to repair itself in comparison like if you go out and key your car and scratch your car it's like scratch forever mm-hmm. but you go somebody takes a knife and cuts your forearm open you look down you're like well I can't see my muscles anymore so your body has this internal ability to heal itself which is amazing we get to see that all the time I show people pictures like this is where you were this is when we straightened it now look what your body did mm-hmm. to heal it and so it's pretty amazing in that healing process um early on like that that gap between the injury and the and the surgery that weird tendon wrapping whatever mess that was taking place what was that about um when you say the the symptoms that you're having well the the bone had shifted yeah the tendons were all over the place ligaments yeah. were all over the place yeah, yeah like they were trying to reach and grab the other side of it yeah well, that what happens is is you know you're your bone has to be out to length in order for your tendons to work effectively. So it's almost like having a rubber band. If it's not stretched, the proper stretch, the tendons don't function as well as they can. The other part is when you have a break that's traumatic as yours, there's tearing of muscle and tendons are connected to the muscle. Um, And so because of that, it's really a storm of chaos inside the forearm. So muscles are torn, bones broken, all the tendons aren't on the normal stretch that they would be on. So really nothing functions well. Mm. You can get symptoms in your hand from having connected. All the muscles that flex your fingers are the ones that we had to move out of the way actually to fix your forearm. And so all that's connected. So there's there's damage to the muscle. There's bleeding. It's called a hematoma. And then the, the tendons themselves, because of that swelling, they shut down. So mm. the function of your hand can be affected by... Uh, a break in your forearm and obviously the tendons in your wrist and forearm can be affected by a break and they just they just turn off it's like flipping the light switch off and say we're not going to work because something's not right here hmm. we're really built for survival so our body understands when something's not right and when something's not right it flips the off switch you can't use that same thing you sprain your ankle 
break your forearm, whatever it is. And you're like, why is the muscle going away? Why am I atrophying all, all this stuff? It's because your body says, no, you're not going to use those muscles because it's broken or torn or whatever the injury is. Mm-hmm. All right. Simple enough. No, that's not simple, but, <laughs> but it, it is amazing. Uh, and one of the things that we talked about is like now, a uh, hard-headed athlete who thinks they're the business has a tough time dealing with like I can't help myself right now and so you become uh, dependent on somebody else to like do something open a bottle of orange juice in the morning and you're yeah. like uh, this is not me I'm not okay with that and so everybody goes through that as you tear your ACL you break your form all those things you kind of alluded to it when we were talking about before is like um, there's a mental side of recovery that's different than the physical side yeah. and the mental side of it oftentimes is more difficult than the physical time because you just got to get past the time portion of it but getting past it is like finding a new you learn a lot about yourself yeah that time that's exactly it more than i was excited that i could vacuum <laughs> right first time ever yeah <laughs> and just dancing around the house with it and um wife's like you're gonna injure something <laughs> that, and, and you're gonna keep doing that once you're healed <laughs> put it down I like vacuuming anyway I'm with it just because you know, why not <laughs> why not it's your house right but that whole process of being able to grab the vacuum cleaner and not need two hands yeah or to grab a pen and write your name right something very simple. today was the first day that I was able to do it with my signature it looks pretty good that well, I don't know if it looks pretty good but I can't read it well it's, it's probably smooth. normal it's smooth. <laughs> it's smooth. Yeah, because before it was like a four-year-old with a crayon. Yeah, with like, it. what is this? Mm-hmm. So today being an early on with that, last week I was able to do um, a pretty gnarly sketch um, of a, uh anatomy skull thing yeah, with yeah. The, all the call-outs and everything else. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I think I one of the things that. I have to always remind myself is because it's pretty simple for me. I see a broken bone. Oh, yeah, we're going to straighten it. We'll put this plate on. It's no big deal. Everything is good. We've seen this before. No problem. And sometimes lose uh, track of, like, each person going to handle this different. So I always try to stay mindful of, like, okay, we did the work. Now how can I get in your corner and be your cheerleader so I can get you where you need to go mm-hmm. versus saying it's fine. Like, I don't know why you're tripping. Like, it, because people are always tripping during the recovery because you don't know if it's going to be okay. You hope it's going to be okay, mm-hmm. and you get in a situation where you're like, man, I just put all my eggs in this surgery basket, and who knows what's going to happen. Now, for me, I've seen enough of it to say I know when things aren't acting right or things are off course. For you, it's only one of one, and mm-hmm. so you're looking at like, I hope this is going to be okay one day. And then that, that happens to everyone, and I always try to stay mindful of like, all right, what kind of questions do you have? Uh, what can we talk through to make you feel better that you're going to be okay one day? Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. I think that's why I was like, yeah, whatever he says, I'm going to do that. Better. Stronger. Faster. Surgery. God bless anybody that has to go under the knife, especially somebody that's getting his dominant arm cut open. A little bit of time had passed, which kind of served as a stress buffer for the body. 
because in that time, I really didn't take off work, nor did I mope around the house feeling sorry for myself. I had way too much to figure out about my new normal because I knew something had to change. And I was quite, de I was quite determined to ensure that my transformation from right-handed to lefty would be successful. But more about that later. In the waiting room of the surgery center, guess what was the first thing that the receptionist asked me to do? Fill out insurance forms. That's plural, with an S. In an attempt at being nice, a nice compliant guest in these people's facility, I asked if there were digital versions of those documents. After she'd realized that I was about to make everything on those pages look like a four-year-old wrote them, she understood, but she still asked for me to try my best. Deeper into the process and into pre-op, we all shared jokes about the dangers of dog walks, deadlifts, and sneaker collections. The room buzzed with monitors and beeped in unison with my heartbeat as I tried to stay calm to keep everyone else calm. Because you look like you fight all the time, but you're actually as peaceful as a manatee. One of your mechanisms is learning how to keep people around you chill and relaxed. They're already concerned about doing a good job, handling my vitals, deadening my nerves, and formulating my anesthesia. So I wanted them to be as confident as they could be, because this was my first time ever going under the needle, going under the knife, going under anything. So everybody in the room had a good time, but I was scared as hell. I was fearful of what I'd be after waking up. After waking up. Because if I didn't wake up, it was no big deal, it was my time, but what person would wake back up after the fact? And also, what would it be like having to wear a cast? Holy crap, a semi-permanent thing attached to my arm that prevents movement for weeks at a time. Nah, 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 nah. Recovery. Right now, at the time of this production, I'm using all eight fingers and two thumbs under my complete control. Last month, I could barely perform a thumbs up, brush my teeth, or cross my arms like a disgruntled bouncer. So I can say that things are on the mend. Upon learning that the x-rays look more and more positive, of course, I look at that as a good thing. Now is the final step or final steps, which could arguably take longer than the actual healing process of adding my brain back to my body in the nervous system response that all of our bodies have. Can I reconnect to make my hands work in the way that they did leading up to the injury. These aren't things that I have control over, but things that I can help support. Because as Dr. Hunt said, this isn't me that's doing it. It's not him that's doing it. It's the body that's doing it and a higher force or perhaps a higher presence that has already set these things in motion to work as they should. So right now I am in the recovery phase, step by step, day by day, and I'll keep you posted as to how things go. Because very rarely do athletes get an opportunity to speak out as to what's going on in their head because everything is mind over matter. This has been Oh Snap, episode one, Rocks and Sand. Be on the lookout for episode two where I'll go into mental aspects of instant disability
what it's like switching from right hand to left hand overnight and everything that goes into that thanks for listening this is another fine raw production